Well, as you saw, that was a, a video report, in a way, of a mission trip that Donna Baylor and Sally Bias took to Dubai, the United Arab Emirates. And as Jim was saying, it's just a, a further focus on our, our church's focus on mission of taking the good news of Jesus Christ uh, around the world. Well, last week we finished a sermon series on Renewed by the Spirit, talking about learning about how God's Holy Spirit is with each of us. And next week we're going to dive in to a series called Countdown to the Cross, where we're going to be learning about Jesus' sacrifice on the cross as we get ready for Easter. And today we're celebrating, as you have already heard, the conclusion of a one-year experiment called the Radical Experiment. Now, just in the last couple of weeks, there was an email that was sent to some different groups in the church to ask for some of their stories about uh, what they felt and what they uh, experienced during the radical experiment. We got several responses back. Some of those were on the uh, slides before the service, and some are going to be on there afterwards as well. And I wanted to read a couple of those to you today. Here's a great one to start with. From a woman in our church, it tells about a ministry that meets here in our building called Loose Threads. Loose Threads, in addition to making quilts for the homeless, prays for a different country each week using Operation World as our guide for needs and requests. I don't feel as if we are living radical lives, but the book was a great catalyst to head in that direction. Now let's see how that ministry relates to another story from another person here at church. She says this, I decided to step out of my comfort zone and join a ministry that clothes and feeds the homeless called the Andy Project. So two Saturday mornings a month, I head to downtown Andy. We mostly work on the clothing lines. On a typical day, there are young families, men and women looking for clothes. Some of them might have specific requests for items. We have sorted all the clothes before we bring them, so we usually know if we'll be able to meet those requests. I've had the honor of praying with young moms, a grandma who has seven grandchildren under her care because her daughter suddenly died, and a dad who lost his job and his home. When the weather turned cold, I asked our ZPC ministry, Loose Threads, if I could have some blankets. We passed out so many blankets, there were too many to count. One lady heard about the Andy Project and blankets, and so she started crocheting hats and scarves. I think what has been exciting is seeing others use their gifts to join this opportunity to serve those who are overlooked in our society. Isn't that cool how God brings people together to use their gifts in a radical way? Well, today's scripture gets us into radical discipleship and how uh, ZPC focuses on God's mission for us. And it is the Great Commission. It's Matthew 28, 16 through 20. So if you want to use one of the Bibles and underneath one of the seats around you, or if you want to look on the screens, or if you brought your Bible from home, it's Matthew 28, 16 through 20. <clears throat> Hear God's word. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. 
And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So what does it mean to be radical and to follow the Great Commission? Well, it means everything, really. Being radical is living out God's message as God's people. And it is doing it in such a way that we live very different than the world lives. We live with different priorities and different choices about the way we spend our time and our money. That's what it means to be radical. Now, we know as Christians that our master, our mission, and his message have not changed. But sometimes our methods change. And we know that even in the year 2012 here, God may be calling us to think creatively about new methods um, to get his gospel out to the world. But we do know that Jesus is our master. And he is not only the example for how we live, but he is God incarnate. So we follow him as master and as Lord. And his message does not change. His message has not changed over these past 2,000 years. Things like the first shall be last. Put others before yourselves. The greatest among you will be your servant. And if your money and your possessions hold you back from God, sell all you have, give to the poor, and follow Jesus. Jesus in the Great Commission gave us a mission to go and to make disciples, and that mission has not changed. In fact, it's our mission statement here at ZPC as well. Our mission at ZPC is called together by God to make disciples and to release them for service in our broken world. Now, you might see that a lot. I hear that a lot. I'd love it if you would say that with me aloud. Let's read that together. Called together by God to make disciples and release them for service in our broken world. It's really the Great Commission, and we're just putting it in terms for our specific church for this time and place. Well, what's a disciple look like? Well, we've also talked about that and defined that under Glenn McDonald's leadership and others. We've talked about the six marks of the disciple, and they are like this, a heart for Christ alone, a mind transformed by the word, the word of God, arms of love to reach out in need, knees for prayer to bring our requests, our concerns to God, a voice to speak the good news, and a spirit of servanthood and stewardship for all that God gives us. These are so important to us that not only have you seen those um, artist renderings there that was on the screen, but those are in our gathering space as well. We want everyone to think about and wrestle with what does it look like and what does it mean um, to be a disciple. Now, they sound kind of like easy phrases. You know, they roll right off the tongue, but it really takes courage to live as a disciple. And that's some of what we found as we got some of those responses back about the radical experiment. One woman wrote that they had not been on a mission trip at all, and she wrote this. My husband and I traveled to Romania last September. God nudged us during the radical book to step out and take a mission trip. It was an amazing trip, and we were blessed in so many ways. She goes on to say in her note, I am currently reading through the entire Bible. I will not finish it by March 1st, but will finish about four weeks after the one-year mark. Life got in the way some, so I was not able to stay on track as I would have liked. This was true for many of our responses, and I would tell you, if you're reading the Bible through a year and you haven't finished it, keep going, persevere, get there, and finish it. 
So Jesus said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. It's also interesting and it's good to look at what Jesus said in the verses right before that. And in verse 17, he said this. He said that his disciples, they came, they worshiped him. And in the Greek word uh, for worshiped is proskuneo, which literally means they prostrated themselves in homage or in praise to Jesus. But then it says there in the scriptures, some doubted. Well, isn't that like us? You know, most of the time we're here and you're here on this Sunday morning. We're here to worship. We believe we worship, but sometimes we doubt. Um, We worship God as our Lord and leader. We worship Jesus as our Lord and leader. But sometimes we wonder, and I think we doubt, do I really have to live radically? Do I really have to live different because I follow Jesus? You know, can't I... Can't I just keep on doing some of the things that I like to do? Can't I just be selfish sometimes? Can't I just be lazy sometimes and not do the things that I know that I'm supposed to do because I follow Jesus? I think that's sometimes how we live out our doubts. And the disciples weren't unlike that. They worshiped and some doubted. But Jesus said that all authority had been given to him. And I think when he gave them the great commission... He said he would be with them. So they were to go and make disciples, but he said, I will be with you always. So he wanted to encourage them, inspire them, and lift them up so they could live as as his disciples. Well, what does this radical experiment have to do with the Great Commission? Well, I think they just mesh together very well. And to look back on March 1st of last year, which is coming up this week, one year ago, we finished a book study called Radicals, book by David Platt. And in that book, there's, it really challenges us as Christians, as Christians to get out of our seats, you know, to get out of our comfort zones and live for Christ. And at the end of the book, the author, David Platt, gives a five-part challenge for Christians who have read this book to take on. And so that's something that we took on as a church. In fact, those challenges and some resources We're out in our gathering space the whole last year on that orange wall that you've seen in the gathering space. Now, those five challenges are these. Pray for the entire world. Read through the entire word. Sacrifice your money for a specific purpose. Spend your time in another context and commit your life to a multiplying community. These are things which fit really well with our mission statement at ZPC, and they also fit really well with our focus that we've had the couple of the last couple of years on worship, word, and world. And I'd like to talk just for a moment about that. How do we get radical at ZPC, and how have we done that over the last year? We commit our lives to a multiplying community. That's worship. We do that through groups and mops, life changes. Maybe when you meet someone at a coffee shop to talk about your faith, or you pray with somewhere, you're committing your life to multiplying community, to read through the entire word. Now, we're studying God's word. Every time that you come here into worship on Sunday morning, we encourage you to do that in Bible studies and on your own as God challenges, challenges you to do. To pray for the entire world. We prayed for a different country every month over the last year here in worship. 
and gave you resources, and we can do that individually to pray for what God is doing in the world. To spend time in another context, that's the world as well, but it's not just the global things. It's not just going to Dubai, as we saw in the video with Sally and Donna. It's not just going to Romania that we prayed for the group here. It's local missions as well, like the one where the lady talked about giving out blankets to the homeless. It could be right here in Zionsville or on the northwest side of Indianapolis. And to sacrifice your money for a specific purpose, that's worship and world. As we took the offering a few minutes ago, you're sacrificing your money for the mission of the church and to look for opportunities individually and as your families to give your money where God is leading you to make a difference in God's world. Well, a few minutes ago, we saw that video about uh, Donna Baylor and Sally Bias and many others reaching out to Dubai, but we wanted to let you know that you don't have to go to Dubai to do God's work. God has great things planned for each of us within our gifts that he has given us through the Holy Spirit to do his work right around here. Here's a couple of stories, I think, that help with that as well. This was from a ZPC couple that wrote in. They said, hard to believe that it has been a year since we started on the radical study. We have both been reading God's word on a regular basis, but neither of us quite finished in the time frame. We're close, though. I have been volunteering on Fridays once a month at Outreach, Inc. Outreach, Inc. is a ministry in Indianapolis that reaches out to homeless teenagers and young adults. We both shop at the Goodwill and Salvation Army stores in the fall for coats and hoodies for the kids at Outreach. My wife has encouraged several groups through work and others to also contribute in one way or another to outreach. It's a great way to be radical right here in Indianapolis. Here's another of a couple here at ZPC who couldn't physically go on a mission trip somewhere else in the world. So here's what they wrote about. We decided that we should not save more, but spend more on mission projects. We financed a water, water purification project for a small village in Uganda. No more walking a mile to the well or drinking water out of a local lake that was also the village sewer. The words on the wall near this new water purification um, project say, from Jesus with love, from Jesus with love. Isn't that cool? They were able to do that from right here at home. What about my family? Well, I took on the radical challenge, and parts of it I did better than others. I want to let you know that. But I want to let you know that um, one of the things is I did read the Bible in a year, and I knew we were going to do this project, so I started a, a little over a year ago, and I finished reading the Bible in a year on December 31st. And I want to tell you, I didn't miss out on anything. My Bible study that I had to do to prepare for worship or Sunday school here at ZPC or other things, I did all that and was able to read the Bible in a year as well. And I enjoyed it so much that I'm starting again in 2012 of reading the entire Bible this year. As I said, we and my family and I hit and missed on some parts of the radical experience, but we did try a couple other things. We wanted to spend time in another context, and we were blessed that another family from another church invited us to go with them on a family mission trip. And we went last July to uh, New Hampshire, near Manchester, New Hampshire, with the Rockingham Christian Church, a small church there, to do a Christian summer camp 
where for a week, Monday through Friday, we reached out to kids in neighborhoods, many of whom did not go to church, to do arts and crafts and games, and so that they could hear from the teachers that week the message of Jesus Christ. And we got to do that as a family together. We also thought about how could we sacrifice some of our money for a specific purpose. And so in November of last year, we heard about a need to provide a Christ-focused Christmas for some of the poorest of the poor in Mexico, in the border towns of Reynosa and Miguel Alamán. And we contacted some of our friends, some of our kids' friends. I asked um, uh, Josh about the high school students here at ZPC. They contributed. And we collected toys and blankets, soccer balls, and stuffed animals for children. And we shipped about 25 or 30 boxes of gifts. And really through God's provision, through a contact I had, we were able to ship all that for free down to South Texas, where it was delivered across the border and hand-delivered to children in Mexico um, with a Christmas message that told them the truth of Jesus Christ, that he is to be their Savior and Lord. And that was a, a great experience for our family that we did right here at home. One last story from someone here at ZPC, another ZPCer. I spent three days visiting orphanages, schools, churches, and the future site of a school in a village outside Jockmel, Haiti, With routine power outages, I knew we were blessed with power when most went without power or running water. The Christian school opened in October with 66 children enrolled and 20-plus being turned away. As a result, the Thursday night Bible studies held on the property for years have seen a significant increase in attendance. Two months after returning from Haiti, I was blessed with multiple interviews and ultimately a job after being unemployed for 19 months. The salary offer was good, yet I negotiated for more. With the feeling of God's hand in all that had transpired, I committed my increase in salary to the school in Haiti. Now that's radical, that's awesome. What a great and encouraging story. So what next? Well, God has done wonderful things through so many of you here in the 29 years here in the history of this church at ZPC. And I believe and and totally trust that God has great things planned for us as we look to the future. I've been reading a little follow-up book to the book Radical, and in it it says, the gospel that saves us from work saves us to work. The gospel that saves us from work saves us to work. What's that mean? Well, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says this, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. You know, we're saved by by our own faith through God's grace, not by anything that we have done. And yet God doesn't want to leave us there. He empowers us through the Holy Spirit then to go out and be his disciples who make disciples. So in verse 10 it says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So how do, how do we live out the mission of ZPC and the Great Commission going forward? We can live that out through a plan for what God has for us and for this church for the next eight years called Vision 2020. And that's been ongoing. You've heard a little bit about that. And to tell us more how you can help is Elder Kevin Schmidt. Kevin? 
I want to tell you a quick story about the Schmidt family. About four years ago, uh, it was the end of the summer, and the kids were going back to college, and Melissa and I looked at each other and said, you know, next summer's going to be one of the last times we can take a family vacation. So we turned to the kids and said, hey, next summer, where would you like to go? And we had a discussion about where we'd like to go, and we ended up deciding we'd like to have Northern California as our destination. That story, I think, is perfect for what we're asking you to do. Imagine we're at the dinner table together, and I turn to you and say, hey, eight years from now, what would you like this church to look like? Because it's going to take all of us in this family to get there. We had one of the most wonderful vacations going. We got lost. We went to Yosemite. We climbed. We saw redwoods. There was more good stuff we got to experience in that 10 days. Just in this service today, we've seen wonderful things that are going on at this church and around the world, centered from this church. So today, we're going to ask for your input to help us decide what is our destination as a church. You should each have something like this in your bulletin. If you don't have something like this, you can't participate, so make sure you participate. What we're going to ask you to do today is answer three questions. And we're going to ask you three questions that some of you may have short answers, some of you may have long answers. But we want everybody to put something down on these post-it notes for these questions. We're going to take your answers and we're going to put it around a room and try to get a theme of what you think this church should look like in eight years. Now, some of you may get a little longer-winded, which is okay, and we have an opportunity for you to respond. In the middle of your bulletin, it says Vision 2020. There's a website that you can go to. These questions are put there also. And it lets you type a little lengthier uh, response. Another way for you to participate is following this uh, service and the next service in the chapel. Val Lindenschmidt's going to lead just a forum and have open discussions about, you know, your thoughts, your ideas. There's one question we're not going to have time to answer today. And that's the big, hairy, audacious goals question. Or... The other way to look at it is if you had a magic wand and there were no boundaries, what would your dream be for ZPC? And the only way we can get that kind of to hear those well is in small groups or if you could do that. You know, let me give you an example. We are in a, the session has already done this and one person said, you know, what if we owned all the land on these four corners and we had a park and we had a big community center and a wonderful... It, that's a, like a multi-million dollar dream. That's pretty cool. We heard all kinds of stuff. So let's get to our three questions. How do we give these back? When you leave, there's paper up on the wall. You can put your post-it notes up on the wall. There's bins that say post-it notes here. Put them in the bin. If for some reason you forgot to do that and you're down picking up your kids, we've got bins down there that says post-it notes here. 
So we're doing our best to collect these. We've already done this with the session. We've done this with the deacons. And we're already kind of getting several themes going. It's really wonderful. So we need everybody to participate. This is like communion. Whether you're a member or not, you get to participate because you're here. We want to know why you're here and what you're excited about at ZPC. So if we could have the questions up there, we've seen these many times. Um, they are also color-coded. I, I was going to think about wearing a pink shirt and a green tie, and I said, nah, I think we'll be all right without that. So these questions are color-coded. So would you please answer the pink question on the pink post-it note? One other thing I really would like to emphasize is we need to be able to read what you write. <clears throat> and... Some of you, I know, are doctors, lawyers, and you sign your name 29 times a minute. But would you just slow down and make sure we can read what you're writing? And you're going, Kevin, I can't possibly answer question one in a little post-it note. But if you could give us the theme of your thoughts, it would be very, very helpful. These are our three questions, and we're going to take about three or four minutes for you to answer those questions.